Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, coming to you from the dank confines of my basement and the much friendlier environs of Chance's office. We bring to you episode 13 of the Chairman and Chance podcast, for which we have no agenda. This is freeform podcasting. I write infinitebacklog.com. Chance writes thegamesofchance.blogspot.com. How are you doing today? I am thrilled to be alive. Aren't we all? Once again, the weather here is nicer than it should be for March. Yeah which has teased me into getting the bike out once, and of course it's going to rain all next week, and it'll be back in the garage to never be touched again. This week, headlines, what we've been playing, and if we have time, there may be a more in-depth discussion. We'll see how long we go. Thank you very much for joining us. Here we go. So, what'd you play this week? Uh, quite a bit. I went to uh, went back to my brother's to hang out and uh, realized that he had Galaxy installed. And I'm just like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing for the next hour. Did he buy it or what, did he get it picked up free? He, he, I think he got it off Plus. I want to oh, okay. say, say he got it off Plus. And uh, he, he had never gotten past Episode 2 of the first season. So I know that feeling. Yeah, he'd, he'd, <laughs> never, he'd never seen the mech, never seen this, and I... Going back to it, I really realized that the reason that is, is because he just never got the feel of controlling the ship. Okay. Because it is so different from anything else. And it really reinforced for me, and uh, I I did work quite a bit on a review for Galaxy, and one of the starting points I had with it is that Galaxy is essentially a platformer. Hmm. And you sure don't think it when you look at it. When, and even as I was playing it, he's like, yeah, I'm not into the whole twin stick shooter things. And I turn around and I hold up the controller to him. I go, look at the second analog stick. I'm not touching it. You never use the second analog stick in Galaxy. Pointing the ship is entirely done with this stick. And your thrusters are on these buttons back here. It plays totally different from anything you've played. And you, it's like, it's like learning how to play a first person shooter. Yeah, it's like, not a Geometry Wars kind of a thing. It's not. It's, yeah, it's it's very different from anything that anyone has ever played before because no one's done a game that controls like this before. So you really have to learn it. But uh, So yeah, I, I played through the first season with him just kind of watching it. And about <laughs> Mouth every 30, agape. Uh. Yeah, and every 30 <laughs> seconds I would turn around and go, uh? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, okay, that's pretty cool. But, but then on the ride home... I was like, uh, so was I just like a super dick there, just like bogarting your PS4 the whole time I came over? <laughs> play. He was like, no, no, it was really cool. It makes me want to play Galaxy. And then I'm going to skip right ahead to a headline related to Galaxy. Oh, I saw this. Yeah. Um, when uh, Galaxy launched on PC back in uh, later than September, I think, of last year, it came with what's called Arcade Mode, which is the game, but you get a checkpoint after every level. So you're not going to get all your progress stolen if you decide that maybe you should go check out Galaxy again because Chance still can't <laughs> shut up about it literally half a year later. Is episode 5 out yet? No. Oh, well, okay. When the game is done, maybe I'll go back to it. <laughs> <laughs> this this may be as done as it's going to get. <laughs> but just the fact did that they run out of money? I mean, what happened over there? I don't understand. Are they make is is episode five like Galaxy Two? I mean, how much I more know. are they going to put in there? It, it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't get the uh, the commercial response that they were expecting. I had never heard anything about what Galaxy sold, which says to me that it didn't sell enough for them to brag about how much it sold. Mm. 
And the problem is, like, it's very Okami in that it got incredible reviews. If, like, if I were to fire that into Metacritic, I would say it's probably hovering around a 9 out of 10. I would imagine so, yeah. Yeah, because, well, hmm, 4 out of 5. 82, which is bullshit. <laughs> You're complaining <laughs> about an 80. Come on. <laughs> I am. Um, cause it's way better than that. Hmm. But uh, I saw so many 9s out of 10s and 10s out of 10s when that game came out. It got critical acclaim, like pretty much universal acclaim, and it just didn't see the sales, which is weird because Sony uh, actually, you know, put it put it right out there and talked about it and pimped it out. Well, being free on Plus this month should get it some attention. I have to imagine they get some kick some kickback per download. Hundred percent, they do. Yeah, they do. So, I made an attempt to to fill a hole in the back catalog and play Resident Evil Zero. The remake that was released part and parcel with uh, the Resident Evil 1 remake that came out on GameCube years and years ago. And I, I couldn't do it. I could not do it because the game itself is exactly the same as it was before. And the genre in gaming in general has grown so much since then that it's like stepping through a time machine except everything is shit. <laughs> so, like, it's tank controls? It's well it's it's you can use tank controls if you want which I actually stuck with because the tank controls work okay with the shifting camera angles okay. but you can use more modern controls. I'm talking about just the way the game works. These tiny inventories. Mm. You have all this stuff you need to pick up and a shotgun takes up two spots of course. But your ammo takes up space and your weapons take up space and your knife takes up space and everything takes up space and you end up finding a, a key that you actually need so you have to drop something. You drop, do you drop your ammo? Do you drop your health? What do you drop to pick up the key that you should just be able to stick in your pocket? You also have two characters now in Zero that you kind of switch in back and forth between and when you're not using the other one, the AI takes over and this game was like eight years old, so the AI is, is awful. I mean, the AI was awful in 5. Imagine how the AI was bad in this one. And this Are one came out years before 5. Do they burn through your inventory as they run AI? No, they don't. They, okay. they don't do enough. You tell oh. them to actually help you, and they don't help you. Hmm. They fire like once here or once there, or they don't back up. And that's a problem because there's just a lot more enemies now. There's, hmm. a, lot, there's a lot of more enemies in Zero than I remember there being in any of the other ones. So I, I, I couldn't do it. It was a window backwards in time, and it was just... I mean, it looked good. It was kind of nostalgic-looking, where they took the pre-rendered backgrounds and updated them so they all looked nice, and there was movement in the backgrounds. The, the whole first area is on a moving train, so you go into a, a, the dining cart, and there's things rolling back and forth, and there's a fire in the corner, and it looks nice in a nostalgic kind of way, but actually playing it was just impossible. Now, I was I was pretty surprised when I saw that you were putting it aside. Like, what was the last game, aside from Galaxy, I guess, that was so bad that you couldn't finish it? Uh, not that it was so bad, but I atten- when I when I tried Lords of the Fallen, hmm. I How- tried to make it, and I, and I knew what that was going into it, that it was another another kind of Dark so, Souls three yeah, riff on thing. Souls. Yeah, yeah, and, and, but it's actually I mean it was easier than what than the time I spent with it, but I just. It was the same thing where it's just the repeating over and over again. This one broke me when I... It has the old-fashioned save system. Resident mm-hmm. Evil Zero does where you have to go to the typewriter and save your stuff. And then mm-hmm. I had walked like halfway around the map and died to three zombies. And I just... I didn't want to do it again. So, yeah, I, it, it was a conscious effort. I said, you know, I, I'm going to walk away from this because I have other things to play that are not going to stress me out. <laughs> so, yeah, done with it. Not going back to it. Ugh. I uh, bought a Salt Android Cactus. Mm, yes, yes. I want to know how that is, because I'm thinking about it. Okay. Uh, I, th- I totally think you should go- do it. 
Okay. Um, two reasons. First of all, the androids themselves have so much personality. Uh, each one, like it's, you know, it's a twin stick shooter, but the little thing at the, that shoots is this adorable little android girl. <clears throat> or woman. I don't know. Who knows? Cactus, for example, is just really excited to be here and is going to go kick some ass. And when you select her, she jumps and she pumps out a fist and goes, yeah. <laughs> and when you, there, there's one who's like really scared of everything. And when you select her, she almost drops her gun and then goes, ah, and like points it this way and that trying to figure out what's coming for. Um, when you beat the first boss, you get one who's clearly like an unfinished android and is a little bit insane. <laughs> and when you select her, she just goes, cheeseburgers. <laughs> And then you drop her in, and she lands, and she can't catch herself, so she just lands on her butt. And when uh, when you like pick up a like a, a firepower upgrade, Cactus will say firepower. And when you and what happens is these two little droids fly in and hang on either side of you and help you shoot things. And when you pick up one as the unfinished droid, she goes tiny friends. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is, it is incredibly hard. It is incredibly hard. If you're shooting for that high score, but uh, okay. if you're just playing the game, you pretty much can't fail a level. Really, you can't, you can't fail to beat it because it's um, every time you die, all you have to do is just mash the fire button. She'll get back up. Uh, the only danger to actually failing a mission is not picking up the battery drops that happen, and then you run out of battery, and now it's game over. But that only ever happened once in all the time I've played with the game. It's designed so that anyone can just blitz through this game in three hours, probably, the entire thing. Or, if you want to get S-rank on every single mission with every single Android, you could be playing this for months. See, that's I like that. That's good design, because it caters to two different sets of players. The high score, like, mongers who want that, and someone who just wants to run through the game. So yes. I like that. That's it's, a good idea. It's almost impossible to fail. It is almost impossible to master. It's one of those. Cool. So I feel very positive about that. But I haven't put much time into it uh, because I unlocked Velvet and Odin Sphere. <laughs> <laughs> There's and, no escape. <laughs> no. Uh, towards the end of my time with uh, Oswald, he ended up getting this new skill. And, of course, I can't read the tooltips. I don't know what the skills are. But the skill is he just holds out his hand for a second and it glows. And I'm like, is this giving me more rage? Is He's using the force. Sucking their life? I don't know what the hell he's doing. No, it's a parry. Cool. Yes. So you're fighting a boss. The boss winds up this huge attack. You hold out your hand. The attack comes down, and Oswald disappears, reappears, floating behind the guy with a major strike that you can instantly transition into a combo with. Nice. It's really cool. Okay. And okay. now I'm playing Velvet, and Velvet feels just like the crown on this game. Hmm. She is far and away the funnest character of any of them, and some of them are hell of fun. But she is, uh, she has this chain with these two blades on, the, with a blade on each end. And, uh, it can reach, you know, across the screen. It, uh, her combos probably reach out two or three body lengths in front of her. Wow. And so she plays like a sexy Kratos. Uh, she's very. Hey, Kratos is pretty sexy on his own. Come on. Yeah. yeah. She's very. scars anyway. <laughs> she's very much a, a finesse fighter where if you really know what you're doing, you can pull off beautiful, insane shit with her. Um, one of her specials is she fires out a chain in front of her. The first enemy in front of her will get impaled on the chain. She will fling the chain up over her head onto the other side and slam it into the ground. 
when it impacts the ground, if that enemy is still alive, and any enemies it hits when it impacts the ground, will be thrown into the air. So, <laughs> you can be comboing a guy on the ground, zip him up into the air with a high time, continue the combo in the air, uh, smack him away with the final hit of the combo, reach out with the chain, fling him over your head, slam him into the ground again, and then continue the combo without ever touching the ground. <laughs> and she is a ton of fun. Um, yeah, I'm just... Is she the last one? Are you approaching the end of this yes. game? Yes, yeah, okay. she's, she's the final character. And then once you kind of get to the end of the basic story with all the characters, it, uh, it says... You okay, cycle now. through one more time, don't you, for like bosses? No, Again? no, no. no it's, oh, okay. it's, it says there are, okay, so now you've, you know, you've done this. There are five great evil things that need to be killed. Which hero do you want to fight each of these evil okay. things? Okay. And then depending on who, which heroes you choose to fight those guys, you, you'll get the true ending or not. Oh, so you have to choose correctly. Yes. Must choose wisely. All yeah, right. Yeah, get a walkthrough. <laughs> That'll be difficult with, you know, not being able to read the text. Yeah, but I anticipate, oh, God, yeah, like, what are the names of the characters in Japanese? <laughs> I have no idea. So, yeah, like, I'm, I'm okay if I don't get the true ending here because I'll play it again. Yeah. And I was thinking about the, um, the repetition of Odin Sphere and how that is a problem. And the fact that, yes, the characters do make a difference, but what I really remember about the PS2 version is that the story makes a huge difference. Okay. It, it's a very involving operatic story from Vanillaware, and I'm really looking forward just to watching those cutscenes mm. and, and getting the characters in English. And being able to hear it, or so, understand uh, it at least, yeah. Okay, so you put aside Resident Evil, what took its place? Uh, I, I, well, I took, put aside Resident Evil, and I took a quick run through Lego Marvel Avengers. Oh, yeah. Well, did you beat it? I did. Well, oh, okay. Sure. How long did that take you? Like two oh, days? Oh, like two days, yeah. Okay. Because I don't, I play those games wrong. Those games are, especially the more recent ones, are, they're huge. They have these huge hub areas that have all sorts of stuff to find, but I ignore all that. I just play the story levels. Because I, because it's just, because I like how they look, because I like the take on the story. I'm not really a Marvel guy, I've said before, but I've seen a couple of them, you know? Hmm. So this one went through Avengers and Age of Ultron and had some little cutscenes, some other things. I honestly think that some of the, some of this game's takes on the events of, of Avengers and the second Avengers was better than the movies. It was just a lot of fun. Yeah, but, I kind of want you to spoil the ending of the Age of Ultron thing. Because uh, you said it was better, right? I, I, I just think it was more exciting. Because, no. did you see Age of Ultron? Yeah. Yeah, I mean the end when they're def when they're when they're guarding that um, I don't even know what it's called, but that okay, yeah, the city's the, floating there and they're guarding that drill or whatever. It was just really exciting because you had everybody there all at the same time. You had the Scarlet Witch on top of it, knocking people away, and you would go around to each like in a circle, and they would have like an odd couple of heroes fighting. So on this one, it's Iron Man and Hulk. And you have to fight along, and then there'll be a team-up move where the two of them do something together. Then you'll switch, and it'll be Thor and somebody else fighting. Hmm. So it was just a real kind of crescendo towards the end where you have Vision and you did the last shot in on Ultron. It was it just built really well. The reason I, I play these games the way I do is is intentionally you cannot get everything out of a level on the first time through. They build it that way on purpose. When you play through a story level, you've got your two, three, four heroes with specific powers, but there's stuff in the level that they cannot get. And they do this to force you to play the level again when you unlock more characters. Lock tease. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to... Yes, lock tease. I like that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I don't have the patience to do a, the level like that a second time through. So I just kind of run through them for the sights, for the sounds. Mm -hmm. And because I've gotten to that point where I don't care about those pickups, the open world 
has no allure to me anymore. It's full of all these other characters and all these other red, all these other gold bricks to pick up. I don't care because I've missed all of them in the story levels. I don't care about the open world either. So I, I mean, I play them wrong. I run through them in two days. I have a great time with them, and they're they're relaxing if that makes sense. They're not hard. Again, there's no failing in these things. You're just playing through to see the sights. I would that, never in a million years buy one ever. Well, that to me makes it. Um makes them really good games for kids. And I don't want to discount it and say, well, this is a kid's game. No, because, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, they are good kids' games. Yeah, like kids' games can be some of the best games. Um, but when you have, you know, that amount of lock tees, come back, here's the Green Lantern to unlock this thing or whatever, right? That gives it so so much legs for someone who really loves playing that game. So you hand this disc to a kid, and it will keep him occupied for months. That, that happened. I, yeah. I mean, I, I have... Um, the one that came out near lunch. I'm looking at it now because I can't remember the name. It was just Lego Marvel. Okay. Lego Marvel Superheroes. The first one that came out, not the Avengers one. Okay. And my, my son has put a bazillion hours into it. Yeah. And, and he asked, why did you stop playing with it? Play, playing it. I said, because I'm done. He's like, you're not done. Did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do this? I'm like, no, no. I'm done with as much of the game as I'm going to play. And he didn't understand because there is cool stuff in the open world that I never saw. But I just, I had moved on at that point. Mm-hmm. So that was done. And then I played Layers of Fear, which was a solid three-hour walk through a haunted house. And how expensive was Layers of Fear? Yeah, 20 bucks. Ugh. Nah, I don't mind it. For three hours? I don't mind it. Nah, nah, it's not bad. I, well, <laughs> not everything needs to, you know, hold your attention for forever. No, but but you're you're in the video game space. I am. Yes, that's true. I paid twenty bucks for Galaxy and have probably put two hundred hours into that shit. Okay, but I paid twenty. <laughs> I've also paid twenty bucks for some of my movies that are an hour and a half long. I mean, yes. it's the same thing. Okay. I okay. I, I we know that I don't have a problem with short games because I always have something else to play next. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. Sometimes not having to exert stamina to beat a game. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally a one-night stand. So, yes, I started Layers of Fear, and I finished it in one night. It was, it was about three, three and a half hours from beginning to end. And I, it's not the most frightening game I've ever played. It got me a couple of times. Right from the very beginning, it, it makes it very clear that you can't trust the world. You mm-hmm. cannot trust anything that's actually happening because you'll turn around and it'll be different. And it starts out subtly. Like you walk into a room and you turn and, and there's there's no door there where you came in. And it does this to kind of shuttle you through a very linear sequence of passageways. So it really is just a haunted house going from room to room to room. So it starts out where there's, there's, a, there's a, a door that's gone and then you turn the doors back. And then it gets a little worse where there's a wall there or the furniture changes. And then there was one where I walked into a room and I couldn't get out. I turned around and all the furniture was like stacked up in odd positions and fell. And and no, it, it was a good jump scare. It got me. I will admit that that one got me pretty well. And then it gets even crazy where you open a door and there's a giant eyeball behind it. Okay. It's out of nowhere. Beyond <laughs> walking through the world and going, oh, um, what do you, the player, actually do in this game? Very little. Oh. You're, you're kind of looking for... There's some very, very simple puzzle solving. 
Okay. There's not a whole lot to it. You're opening cabinets, looking for notes of things, trying to figure out the story, which boils down to art makes you crazy and alcohol is bad. So that's that's about all that I got out of the story. I mean, okay, there so there is I, a. Well, go ahead. If, if I like walk into a room and I know that it's going to change as I walk up to this desk and investigate the bloody note or something, after like, do I have to read the note or the room won't change behind me? And I uh, no, the room will the change. Room. I only ran into one time where something didn't trigger and I had to walk around trying to find it. A lot of them, a lot of it feels like it's more time based. Like there was one room where I walked into it and there was no exit. I, there, everything was locked, everything was closed. And I was in the room for about 45 seconds and then something changed on its own. So it's not necessarily you triggering something. It's almost timing based and that that works better for this kind of scary walking simulator because it keeps things moving. It's a, it's a silent movie that you walk through. Yeah, I I don't have a problem with that. I, I thought it was I, it was reasonably frightening. It's not as scary as like Amnesia or something like that. How were the graphics? Uh, good, but it ran like ass on the Xbox One, mm. and that's the Xbox One's fault. It's an Unreal Four engine. It should have run fine. Maybe mm. it's a problem with the developer, but the frame rate was not near as good. I mean, there wasn't that much going on where it shouldn't have been butter smooth. And I bet you on PS4 it probably looks pretty good and a high end PC. I'm sure it's run smoothly. But no, this is this was dipping below thirty. You could tell by looking at it. Well, lately I'm 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 kind of getting a little I don't know mean in 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 internally. I don't certainly voice this about devs not fucking op- optimizing their games because mm-hmm. that's the problem with Broforce on PS4. I believe I tried that. Yeah, I gave it a shot, and every every level you walk forward, and three seconds in you stop. Yes, no matter what. So that's that's clearly like a problem that was just not fixed. Mm-hmm. And you know this this is a small team. I think they're from South America or something. Or South Africa, and so something. <laughs> South <laughs> Central, um, I, mm. yeah. And um, so maybe they just didn't have the time to op- optimize whatever they were doing. See, Layers of Fear went through that early access process on Xbox One, where you could have actually bought it months and months ago. Oh. So there's really no excuse for this not being better. Yeah. Then, then that is. I mean, as the game itself, I honestly had no problems with it. I thought it was fun. I actually enjoyed it more than Outlast. Because Outlast was too busy trying to gross you out than it could be, you know, than it was to build any mood. Whereas this one actually took time. That was kind of my next question is, last week we talked about what I consider to be the best horror game of the current gen, or the only real AAA one, Alien Isolation. Mm -hmm. And this, uh, Layers of Fear, exists in the indie, the small indie space with, um, oh, what what was that sci-fi one where you're like a robot but you might be conscious? Oh shoot! It's been the same guys who did Amnesia. Yeah. It'll come to me later. I know. I know exactly what okay. you're talking about. That one. Uh, you got Outlast. You've got the one where you're. I think you're a girl in an insane asylum with. Oh yeah, that one's supposed to be bad. Yeah. Um, we've and um, and you you've pretty much played all of those. Yeah. Yeah. Where does this sit in that pantheon? Um, I actually think this is one of the better ones Ooh. because it's it, because. Outlast bothered me because it was like all about gentle mutilation and had a really bad twist at the end. And it was just, I mean, it was trying to be like saw or hostile, you know, totally just trying to gross you out when there was no mood. And the first Outlast had this ridiculous twist at the end where, nope, it's not ghosts, it's science. Surprise. It turned into Metal Gear Solid at the end. I'm like, what the hell is this? Where... That's weird. I like blocked out that ending. You're right. Yeah, yeah. The ending. I mean, uh, whistleblower was actually better because you went backwards. And whistleblower, you start at the bullshit and move backwards through the first game to the more creepy areas. Like Outlast's first area was great. 
It was. And then from there, it kind of deteriorated because you got closer and closer to the Resident Evil slash parts of it where it's Umbrella Corporation and weird stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I think Outlast, I mean, I'm sorry, I think Layers of Fear is better than Outlast was. Uh, if we include PC, though, I would call Amnesia part of this current generation, even though it's a couple of years old, and that still is the finest horror game I've played in a long time. Soma! Soma, thank you. Yeah, Soma wasn't frightening. Soma was intellectually devastating, but it wasn't a scary game. And they came out and said that after the fact, that, that this wasn't supposed to be scary like Amnesia was. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to make you think. And that damn, makes it, it really did. That makes it more interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, Soma was about what what is what are you? Are you you or are you you right now? What if there's two of you? What if one of you gets left behind? Yeah, yeah it makes you makes you it's, think. It's, it's like the, uh, the the Star Trek transporter conundrum. Ah, yes. If there's two of you, or which one? Yeah, which one yeah. of you dies? You are you are just essentially destroyed on the transporter pad, mm-hmm. and a new you is created on Earth. Is yep. that still you? Like, yeah, no, it's. Those are cool questions. I mean, the, the problem is, aside from Amnesia, none of these games compete with the giants of the scary game genre. Well, there are um, no giants anymore. Well, yeah, because Silent Hill is gone, mm-hmm. and Hasn't my personal a... pick for scariest game ever, uh, Fatal Frame 2, oh, yeah. that series kind of went away. Well, it's, there's a recent one on Wii U, as I believe. Yeah, well. And uh, Sony has pretty much abandoned the Siren series, as far as I can tell. Yeah. I think it's just because these games became huge in an age where you could have something that was uh, technologically state-of-the-art, Silent Hill. Mm-hmm. But as time went on, the costs needed to create that wasn't supported by the size of the audience for this genre. And it is, you know, the horror genre has long been a smaller segment of the consumer population. Yes. And I think that's it. And the only reason we got isolation was because it did have the alien name slapped on it. Yeah, it was and, worth it, though. Ooh. Yeah, you had that built-in audience. There's one other one that actually came out last week that I'm interested in. It's um, Kolot. Did you see that? K-H-O-L-A-T. Yeah. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong yeah, because it it's Russian. Out, I know it came out on PS4. Yeah, it's, I think it's only PS4 and PC. It's not going to see an Expo and release. My only hesitation with that one, it's kind of an open-world wander-around-looking-for-things game, which Slender was, and Slender was meh. Uh, I wasn't really impressed with that at all. So we'll, we'll see. Reviews for that one have not been as good as they were for Layers of Fear. Hmm. And the ones for Layers of Fear weren't that good. No, well, no. Metacritic. The, the the Xbox One one is like it's in the 80s. 75, Ooh. 80? For at least the Xbox One version. Maybe they're more forgiving because there's just not a lot out there. I don't know. Colot is a game developed by independent studio Imogen Pro, inspired by the true events known as the Dilatov Pass Incident. We follow the path of a crew of Russian students that went for an expedition in the northern Ural Mountains. The team does not reach its goal. The entire crew dies in mysterious circumstances. <laughs> Players thrown into the area where the tragedy occurred years after the event. Key facts. FPP horror experience game. Free world FPP. Map. Non-linear gameplay focused on world exploration and storytelling. Narrated by Sean Bean. Yeah, so so that just means the player character dies in the end. <laughs> yes. I hope you're going to mention that I had that line ready for days. No, um, <laughs> I, I I think Layers of Fear worked because it was linear. Because it for yeah. me it no, was for, honestly it for me it's just a movie. It's a movie. Yeah. I'm watching it. and I have some road control over it, but it's a decently creepy movie for me. Whereas Colot, if I'm wandering around in circles trying to find the next scary thing, I'll get bored. Layers of Fear, because it's a smaller, confined, somewhat linear thing, permits the developer to create uh, that pacing mm-hmm. that you need to have to funnel you through the game. An open-world game like Colot, or even like, you know, Far Cry Primal, 
gives the player the opportunity to go pay attention to shit that doesn't matter. Yeah, or completely and, miss things that are happening. Yes, yes yep. and, and get bored with it. To, to me, Colot seems more interesting. Because one of the things, for example, that I really valued about Alien Isolation is being dropped into a world and being able to explore it. Yeah, there was no exploration in Layers of Fear. You're, 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 you're room to room. And yes, there's some things to find in there, but that allows, like you said, that allows the game to focus you in the right location, in the right part of the screen, even where something's going to happen. Where there was, the main character had a wife who was, who was injured in a fire and then a daughter who was kind of creepy about things. And part of the game, you end up in the daughter's, you never see any other characters except for probably the weakest part of the game. There is a ghost who is the ghost of your wife, you find out later on, who's got the very standard Japanese head twitchy ghost thing. I like I've thing. seen, I know, but I'm 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 done with it. I've seen it. It's not scary anymore. <laughs> yes, she you die and she jumps at the screen and blah blah blah. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I've I've seen that before. But anyway, in this little girl's room, there's um, a light in the middle that's casting very kind of creepy shadows along the wall. So it looks very nice. And you get close to it and and you turn a key on it and it starts to rotate and you suddenly your frame of view is locked to this rotating light and you turn and you see the room changing as you turn getting more and more sinister and there's this thumping and you don't know what it is because it starts in the, it starts behind you and as you rotate you can hear the sound rotating with you and again you're locked so you're looking where the game wants you to look it turns and you come back to her crib and one of her dolls is now standing on the floor beating its head against the side of the crib in rhythm with this thumping for no reason but it's creepy as shit and it worked because the, the game had forced you into this situation you didn't really have any control, but that's what allowed it to give it the focus that it needed, if that makes sense. So, for a horror game like this, am I ever going to play it again? No, it's 20 bucks down the tubes for three and a half hours of entertainment, but sometimes I like being done with a game that quick. It was fun. Hitman opened up on PS4 yesterday. Oh, oh, the real, wait, the first, chapter one, right? Yes. Okay. And I, I kind of was thinking that I wasn't going to get it just because, you know, I, I still haven't played, I haven't played Primal all week. I really do want to put that to bed, and I've got uh, two games, or at least two games, maybe even three on Tuesday that I need to care about. So I was like, you know, I really don't care for this episodic thing they're doing. I'll probably, oh, whatever, I'll give you a shot. <laughs> so so I downloaded it last night, and uh, I wasn't able to, to come and actually start playing it until like 10 p.m. last night, mm. and I was up till 3. Oh, oh, okay, that's a good sign. Yes, what is bad about it, that I can tell so far is the load times are egregious. What the, for what? The load times oh, are egregious. And, like, when you pause it to open up your map, there's, like, this little, I don't know, six-second load. That's too much. I'm sorry. I just want to look at my map. I don't want to have to wait six seconds. When you load your game, once you're in the actual Paris level, that is, like, the centerpiece of the opening, because, like, there's a couple little tutorial levels, mm. and then you're thrown into, okay, here are hundreds of NPCs, here's this huge palace, go nuts. That, I want to say it takes like 90 seconds. It almost takes wow. two minutes. And so you're sitting there scrolling through your phone, and it's a Hitman game. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk up here and see if my character can pick up this knife while wearing this disguise. Oh, no, I can't. I'm going to have to load. Okay, where's my phone? I've got to wait for another 90 seconds. Holy shit. Yes, so that is not cute. Like, IO Interactive is not cute, man. Wow. But I'm trying to think of of an example like this, and the only other example I can kind of think of is Ratchet and Clank, where 
just walking into a new Hitman level and looking up at this level and knowing that what is going on in that building is this giant, insanely complicated Rube Goldberg machine that runs <laughs> on its own. And I can just reach in and ping, flick something out of the way and change everything. And I know that it's there. And so I'm really, it's, it's, it's comfort food. It is Ratchet and Clank. It is this old friend that I'm so glad to have back again. The graphics or art direction is really, really good, really strong. Um, I took a couple screenshots that I think are going to turn out pretty well. <laughs> but it plays exactly like it kind of did back in, you know, well, not, not, not identical to Absolution. They've made a couple changes to the suspicion levels and stuff like that. Okay. But in terms of how this game functionally, mechanically feels to play, moving around the environment, killing dudes, uh, strangling dudes out, nailing them with fiber wire, it is the same as it was on the PS2. It is, it is the exact same game. It just looks really, really good. And they've got, you know, more AI and more characters going on. But so you've I, only got one level. That's right. I've only got this one level. But one of the things it did in the tutorial was it was like a cardboard mock-up. Well, not even cardboard, but like a, um, um, a plywood mock-up of a yacht that an assassination took place on once. And you have to go in into this recreated assassination area and assassinate the guy and get out. And so you find, you know, you find a way to sneak onto the ship. You find a way to get to a point where you can kill the guy. You kill the guy, you get off the ship. And then, as part of the tutorial, it turns right around and says, okay, here is the exact same level. The next part of your test is to do it without doing any of the things you just did to succeed. Wow, okay. Find a different way onto the ship. Find a different way to kill the guy. Find a different way to get off the ship. And so what this does is it forces the player to understand that this is Hitman, that there are myriad upon myriad upon myriad ways to kill these guys <laughs> and to achieve your goal. And so it really, it really just reinforces the spirit of the game and that the point of Hitman is not that it feels really good to run around and shoot guys or that the mechanics of it are edifying. It entirely runs in your head that what's fascinating about these, these games is what could happen when I flick this domino. If it all breaks down and you have to start shooting, is it still bad? Yeah. In okay. fact, if it, you have to start shooting, it's too late, you're already dead. Ah, This okay. is not a game where 47 can soak up anything. Like, you have maybe two seconds to get a shot off, and then these guys are going to fill you with lead, and you're dead. You're on the floor. Okay. See, I, I'm trying to remember. I did play Absolution. I remember that one was a little more forgiving. It was, but it, Absolution was built up of very small segments. Okay. And this is colossal segments. You can still totally save Scrum. You can save at any time. Uh, it's auto-saving very regularly to the point that it never really bothers me when I have to load a save. Okay. Um, Except for that 90 seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but I'm never losing too much progress. Okay. And yeah, like it's, it's, uh, it is that exact same comfort food. And I think maybe that's the problem with it. If it has a problem mm. is that it's, it's the, it's just the same thing again. We saw this last season in Paris, <laughs> <laughs> but it looks better now. Yeah. And there's more it, of it coming. At least it looks, hopefully it guaranteed looks a little better. Yeah. Uh, there was an announcement this week that they, uh, they're pushing the physical release disc back to 2017. Which says to me, yes, I called it. They're not going to stick to that release schedule for the episodes. 
See, um, that's good news for me because I really have no interest in buying these in, these piecemeal, but I wouldn't mind trying it later, and I'll wait till 2017 to play it. Yeah, it's not like, it's not like I have nothing else to do. Yeah, but I but just getting back into it, and even though it doesn't blow my mind with like a next gen Hitman, because classically the Hitman games were always ridiculously good looking for what they were, uh, especially on PC. They were too good looking, and this one is you know very good looking. It doesn't blow my mind. It's the same thing again. What it has that I think will give it legs among the hardcore Hitman community is mm. all the stuff from Absolution. That was like, player, go and design a contract. Pick an NPC and say, eliminate okay. this target. Kill this guy in the den with the uh, battle axe from the, <laughs> from, <laughs> you know, from the display room. And that will, that will give it really long legs. It better it. keep you invested because when's the next one coming out? How long do you have to wait for episode two? Um, I think... I think I think the way they spun it was this comes out now another one comes or next episode comes out next month oh, okay. next episode comes out the month after that that was the way they sold it to us but again plans change so <laughs> so yeah that's what I played but really once I think like once we're wrapped recording this what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go keep playing Odin Sphere. <laughs> <laughs> You need to put that to bed so you can focus on Far Cry. You got all this stuff to play. No, I need to put that to bed so that this week I can play uh, Salt and Sanctuary. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm so excited for Salt and Sanctuary. I was looking at that list for the Sony, the, the, whatever they're calling it this year. Yeah. And Salt and Sanctuary is on the no list for me. I'm like, nope, don't need that one. But there's yeah. other ones on that list, which we'll get to. There's some yeah. really good stuff on that there's list. There's some really good stuff. Okay. And play anything else this week? Oh, yeah, I got salty at Street Fighter and quit like twice, Aww. you know. That's what, yeah. <laughs> the, I think I figured out why 5 makes me angrier than 4 did. Because at the, in 4, at the, the mediocre to upper mediocre noob level, which is really where I play, there wasn't a whole lot of pressure. You can kind of get away with a lot of stuff. Whereas in 5, it's all about momentum and pressure. And, and exerting your will, and if you fall behind, if you lose that momentum, it's very difficult to get it back. And with Nikali, I'm always fishing for that hit. It's like, if Nikali hits you and I'm paying attention, boom, that's a quarter of your life. <laughs> with relatively easy combos, if I'm paying attention. But you're fishing that for fishing for that hit, and to not get it is divinely frustrating. And when you don't get it for like a match and two matches and three matches, it makes you so angry because you just want to hit that. Let me just hit you once so I can take all your life away. I mean, I'll quit and it'll last for a day and I'll be back the next day. So, <laughs> I think I said when we talked about it originally that I would hate it by episode 16. Yeah, I've already hated it at least twice. And that doesn't mean I'm going to stop playing it. It means I'm going to bitch, look like an idiot, and be back in two days. So, <laughs> I'm still crossing my finger that Virtua Fighter will return. Hey, you never know. You never know. Other important franchises. <laughs> the pillars or whatever they called it, yeah. Headlines? Headlines. Headlines. Okay. Speaking of Street Fighter V, uh, February's NPD charts were announced. Far Cry Primal was number one for the month, uh, just on the PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, other new entry, Naruto Shippuden 4, was at number four on uh, the two new-gen consoles. And Street Fighter was all the way down at number seven, which... I but. think can be explained by, first of all, it's just on PS4, yes. and this doesn't track uh, digital copies, which is where I think 100% of the PC sales come from, right? Yes, exactly. So, on the forums where we post, uh, I would say 80% of the people bought it on PC. Oh. Yeah. There, there was, 
when Street Fighter Four finally came out on PC, there was this huge exodus from the consoles to the PC version. Just be- for convenience, honestly, and because most PC monitors are lagless, and if you're su- if you're serious about it enough, the input delay or the display delay on your TV can make a difference. Hmm. I'm not good enough to notice that, so I just play on my TV. So yeah, and even on PS4, I know of like one person who bought the physical disc, and that's you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even I bought it digitally, which doesn't happen very often. So yeah, I don't I don't trust the numbers. I'm not saying it outsold Far Cry Primal. No, I'm saying it's not as dire as it probably looks. You uh, well, you said you plan to collect every fighting game this gen. You're and gonna I bought collect, it digitally. You're yes. going to collect all the ones physically except Street Fighter Five. Uh, there was. I pre-ordered Street Fighter V when I had the cash to do it, <laughs> which, which freed up when the game came out for me to spend $30 on the extra season pass so I don't have to worry about unlocking the characters. So I do want to collect the fighting games. I actually need to get a hold of Mortal Kombat XL, and I'm trying to figure out if I want to get rid of my other MKX and just get MKXL. Do you really need the X- XL content? Uh, like I don't have any of it. Fact, I didn't buy. I didn't buy any of the other characters. Yeah, but are those characters part of the definitive Mortal Kombat X, X conversation, or is it uh, just some of them are? Aliens, it, pretty good. Is it just that mechanic? And the uh, it's not even just the mechanic. It's it's those extra characters. Some of them are pretty good. I mean, I don't care about Borite Show, but Aliens good. Um, Triborg is pretty cool. I've been watching a fair amount of him. So I, I think don't know. Alien looks shitty. He like, animates kind of weird because he has to stick to that totally same. Weird. Yeah. Well, because he has to stick to the same kind of bipedal look that everybody else does. Yeah, but it's not, so you have the hitbox makes sense. It it so. feels like they just they just slapped a skin on another character. Yeah, Baraka, yeah, they did. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. I I haven't been playing it a whole lot. I may go back to Mortal Kombat one of these days just because I can. I I honestly haven't tested that new netcode. I was all excited about. Is it actually out on consoles now? It is, yeah. Oh, my. And supposedly it's better, but I have not really had the time to whip out my copy and see what's going on. Game trailers. Um, Kind of Funny Games actually has two interesting scoops this week. Uh, The first one was they brought on Brandon Jones, who was the founder and uh, past editor-in-chief of Game Trailers, and says, what's next for you you game trailers, guys? Where And, you know, you asked when they announced this, where are these guys going to land? They're going to land together. They're, yeah, they're doing something together. Uh, he confirmed that he and the Game Trailers crew are putting something together. He talked a lot about how modern gaming uh, media is more about building and supporting a community than just being a destination website. And I quote, We want to come back. I had a meeting with all the boys, and they were all pretty game to get back in the biz. If we do something moving forward, there's no doubt it will be independent. You guys have a pretty good model. Maybe we can take a page from that. We can definitely get back streaming again. Whatever it is, that will be the start of it. And then two days later, um, Brandon Jones, Kyle Bossman, Ben Moore, Michael Huber, Ian Hink, and Daniel Bloodworth all tweeted out an image, and the image was just the date March March 21st. Do you think they'll go to Patreon? Uh, that was or are what, they too big for that? Patreon was what everyone told them to do when the news broke. Okay. And they were all like, we'll give you money, I will give you money to do this. And frankly, I would give them money. Mm-hmm. But what I, what I value most from them beyond the E3 coverage, which was astounding, was their reviews. And I go to any other gaming website, like I go to Kotaku, I go to Eurogamer, I love Eurogamer's reviews. But I go to those sites to, much like someone reading one of my reviews, to see this one person's opinion of a game. Okay. And I'm always very aware that it's subjective. When I go to game trailers, I feel like I'm getting the 
the on the actual truth of a val- of gaming of a game's value. It's really weird that that is the only website that I don't feel like this is just one guy's bullshit opinion. I feel like this is legitimate and balanced and true. If yeah, they could probably make a go of it on on. Uh... I forgot the name now. Patreon. Yep. They could probably do that. Although with a bigger crew of people, Ooh. it may be a little tougher because a lot of the Patreons are like one guy, yeah. two guys where they've got a decent crew. And if they actually want to travel to do these things, bigger Patreon. Hmm. Well, they're, they're all based in uh, in L.A. Okay. So for most game media, that's uh, you're going to find a lot of the big uh, first and third party studios in L.A. Is that and why they- we're not famous yet? Because we don't live in L.A.? No, I think I think it's talent. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you! No, <laughs> <laughs> that that and ambition. There was a time when I would have. I will, clawed, I'll give you that. Yeah, ambition. I'll give you that. I would have clawed tooth and nail to put myself in front of you know the editor of Kotaku and say, "Read my stuff and tell me you don't want me on your team," and then bug him again two weeks ago, or two weeks later. <laughs> but yeah, that time has passed. I've, I've accepted my lot. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm super excited for whatever they're doing next. I'm really glad they're they're sticking together. I've actually been watching more streams lately. I don't know why. I think it's just because you end up seeing content there that you won't find in trailers or anything else. How do you have time for that? Um, Seriously, I don't have time. I mean, my very limited amounts of time I have for things. I'm playing something or trying to write a little something. I mean, I don't have time to watch streams of other people playing games. Well, talking to people at work lately, I'm falling under the strong impression that other people watch TV. Oh, I, yeah, I don't know I, what that is either. I mean, yeah, 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 I mean, I, I don't really watch it. I'll watch uh, Venture Brothers. I, I love cartoons. There are some cartoons I'll watch. I'll watch House with my mother, because that's the only thing that we can watch together and not hate. <laughs> <laughs> Hugh Laurie is dreamy. Don't you dare badmouth. Oh no, brain. those those baby blues. I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, I don't I don't really watch too much TV. But a stream as like you know I'm too tired to play a game. It's the last thing before I'm going to bed. Okay, I'll watch someone fail at uh, Darkest Dungeon for a bit. Maybe <laughs> maybe see what the uh, the the new antiquarian or whatever that new class is. And yeah, I am I am kind of getting into it lately. I watched like a 90-minute stream or an hour-long stream of um, Grand Kingdom in English the other day. Okay. And the, again, well, that's the something guy, you're super excited for, though. Yes. And again, the guy playing had no idea what he was doing, and why didn't they just give the controller to the girl in the back who obviously knew everything about the game? I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'll be up for that. Game trailers, welcome back. We love you. In other headlines, Dead Island 2 is still in development. Uh, Deep Silver <laughs> announced that they handed the reins over to Sumo Digital. Sumo Digital uh, made Little Big Planet 3, and they ported Forza Horizon 2 to Xbox 360. They're kind of just a uh, jack-of-all-trades mercenary-for-hire crew. It doesn't speak well. It doesn't fill me with confidence. Well, yeah, the impression that I got from all the uh, all the statements between... Uh, Jaeger and Deep Silver was that Jaeger had some ideas about what should be done with Dead Island 2. And Deep Silver was like, no, you're going to do exactly what we say. And if you're not, you're fired. And they go, okay, "Okay, well then fire us because we wouldn't be happy with, you know, what you're asking us to do. And then Sumo Digital said, "Uh, you want to pay us to make a game? Yeah, sure. What do you want? Yeah, I'll do that thing. I played Little Big Big Planet 3. I don't remember much about it, though. I don't remember hearing much about it. 
Yeah, I don't remember. I think it was just so blasé that I'm like, oh, it's a platformer. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was that one with like the bird and the big guy and the little dude. <laughs> or the big guy who can become the little dude. I don't know. My Maybe brother... I didn't play it. I don't remember now. I, yeah, I thought you said your brother plays all these to death. My older brother could probably give us an extensive breakdown of what was good <laughs> and was not good in Little Big Planet 3 compared to the other ones. But yeah, I don't care about it enough to find out. Uh, so yeah, Dead Island 2. Not dead. Uh, <laughs> Zelda Wii U's version got a just a little tiny update this week. Uh, the producer, uh, E.G. Anomu... Aon, fuck, I pronounced this correctly earlier. Yuji <laughs> Aonuma said the plan for the title is to represent the same kind of leap that Ocarina of Time did back in 98. That's not possible. I know. But it's it's a good kind of flag to point to. That like, Remember when we like redefined combat in three dimensions? We're, we're trying to re- do something revolutionary again. What could they possibly... I mean, maybe they've got some secret we don't know about, but what could they possibly do that would be that big of a jump? I never finished Ocarina of Time. That is a, a an embarrassing little secret. I never finished it, but I mean, I recognize that, wow, this was this was completely new at the yeah. time. Yeah, the, I don't know uh, what you could do again. The lock-on that action games still use today, that, yeah, was, the first time, that yep. was the first time it was used. So if, if they actually do something that is a serious generational leap like the difference between Jack and Daxter and Uncharted <laughs> you know <laughs> that that does happen sometimes and if they do that with Zelda ooh, oh my not that you'd be able to play it you know but no <laughs> but you know if they, if they show me enough here's the thing every Nintendo console is always backwards compatible always just yeah. one gen- just one generation backwards and that's all I need because if the NX can actually play Wii U discs, I can play Bayonetta 2 on it. Hey! <laughs> and I do, and probably a better controller, hopefully. Yeah, and I do have a copy of Bayonetta 2. <laughs> okay, uh, in Vita news this week, uh, March 11th, Axiom Verge's Vita port was submitted to Sony for certification. Uh, the developer showed the game running on the Vita and the bug list that they said needed to be squashed back on February 22nd. So this is like 20 days later. <laughs> Serious he's, work. He, he's done and putting it into Sony. So yeah, that was really fast. Thank you very much, my cap. Fallen Legion was announced for Vita this week again on kind of on a kind of funny stream. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you ever play Valkyrie Profile? I did. Um, yeah. So it's it's very much that kind of combat where each character is mapped to a face button. Mm-hmm. And you're like, arrow guy, arrow guy, arrow guy, sword guy, shield guy. <laughs> yes. And, yes. Now, Game Over Greggy said that this game reminded him of Dragon's Crown. That's not how Dragon's Crown played, though. That's, That's not, not how Dragon's all. Crown played. It's not how Dragon's Crown looked. Every every animation in Dragon's Crown was an individual sprite. This is one of those kind of 2D games where they drew one character and then just broke all the limbs, so now it's like a marionette moving around. Like, mm. um, like uh, Apotheon. Okay. Yeah, like Apotheon. So, yeah, don't tell me it's like dragon's crown that's cheating that is <laughs> disgusting to me um but yeah coming to vita this summer that'll be cool uh skull girls was approved for vita by uh, sony computer entertainment japan for publication lab zero we're now just waiting on uh, the north america and european uh sony's to give them the go-ahead to publish i'm surprised there's actually a difference in all those i mean i don't know why it would be any different i don't get it mm-hmm. regions yeah, yeah i suppose region, I guess. licensing uh, <laughs> Uh, additionally, non-linear action platformer Metroidvania Unepic is coming to PS4 and Vita. And there was a little brawler uh, the other day called 99 Vidas, V-I-D-A-S, 
that looks okay. It looks kind of like a uh, 32-bit Double Dragon with sprites. So hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to look into that. I haven't looked into it enough to like do a blog post about it. But uh, yeah, that's this week's Vita News. On March 8th, Tribute Games, who made Mercenary Kings and Curses and Chaos, announced Flit Flint Hook. Uh, they did this really shitty thing to their fans where they said, you want to see our new game? Watch this stream and link to a Twitch channel. The Twitch channel was a black screen at the start, and then a little square would reveal here, and a little square would reveal there. And there were probably 500 squares in the entire image, and they all, when they all came in, it was a little platformer with a bunch of um, circles everywhere. Or circles, it's a stupid way to put it. Um, things that you could grab onto with a grappling hook. And then this character drops down and he's flinging himself around these things with a grappling hook. And he's Have, got some sort of gun that he can shoot. Has Tribute Games done anything to warrant that kind of self-indulgence? Because Mercenary Kings was meh, and I didn't play Curses and Chaos. Curses and Chaos was actually really good. It was. It was, in, it was just too hardcore for me and Kayla. But it it was a game that tried to be really, really simple, but a great deal of depth to be mastered, and it okay. really was. It was really, really good. But I loved Mercenary Kings for what it was. Anyway, I didn't think enough of Ninja Senki DX to stick with it. It certainly does what it wants to do well. But the thing is, there's no one else quite doing what Tribute Game does. They're putting one of these out every year or two, and what they are is very... They're very refined for an indie. They're very refined. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure they have fans that are absolutely thrilled about whatever they're doing next. And so I immediately tweeted them what platforms, and they got back to me almost immediately and said, we'll tell you soon. Yeah. Yeah, so I tweeted Geo Corsi. I said, put this on Vita. <laughs> I don't care what it is. Get it on Vita. March 11th, Galaxy got that arcade mode patch, and you are out of excuses, sir. Uh, Yeah, I am out of excuses. My only other excuse would be that I have other stuff I need to play. There is so... nothing you need to play that's more important than Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true at all. I'm sure there's something I could else I could be playing. Well, to uh... any anyone listening who has not played Galaxy <laughs> but has a PS4 and Plus, go get it right now. <laughs> you like, should download it anyway. Shit. It's free. Just, it is, just pick it, it up. is free. It'll give uh, 17 bits some money to hopefully finish season five, and you will get to play what is inarguably, and no one can contest this in any realm. The best game of 2015. <laughs> Fine, yeah, I'm not going to argue that. No, no, not going to fight that fight. No. Uh, cat, cat Lateral Damage has a release date of March 22nd on PS4. So I watched the trailer for that. Yeah, I don't want to play I, that. I don't understand it at all. Uh, it looks like a Steam Greenlight game. Um, yeah. Yeah. And um, it looks, it look, to me, it kind of reminded me of Broforce because there's one joke. I get it immediately. Is this actually going to be fun? But I sh but just knowing that it's about cats, I showed yeah. it to Kayla because Kayla loves all things cats. As you know, you know, cats are wonderful. I like cats too. And she's like, "Yeah, I'm interested in that. I'm thinking about buying." <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and she is still loving uh, Sid Rinkagura, for the record. Uh, Thumper is coming to PlayStation VR in 2016. It was announced this week. Thumper yeah. refers to itself as a rhythm violence game. <laughs> And no, I, 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 first time I saw that trailer, I, uh, a trailer for Thumper, I downloaded it high quality and turned off all the lights and put on earbuds or put on headphones. And I can't wait to play Thumper. I don't give a shit about rhythm games as a rule. Thumper looks wonderful to me. And yeah, I'm hyped to play that in VR. It's not the one game that will make me buy a VR, but I am pleased it's going there. 
I watched that trailer and I had a hard time figuring out where the violence was coming from. I mean, what? Um, yeah, it didn't it's actually like track based. Did it actually show any gameplay? Because you had posted that trailer on your blog, and I it was watched all gameplay. that. Okay, but what were you doing? Um, Is this it, just an amplitude thing where you're matching button presses based on stuff of, coming at you? Sort I mean, of. Uh, you saw like the various pale swatches on the yeah. on the track, right? Yeah. yeah. You you do have to press a certain button in each time with those. And there's a lot of the violence that it didn't show. Like I was really kind of distressed because there's this thing that the beetle will do where it will hover for a second and then you release the button, I think, and it slams down into the track. And if you slam down on the beat, this shock wave will blast out in front of you and like, you know, damage the boss or whatever. Hmm. Um, it does look really, really cool. Um, and then for some reason that just reminded me that Operation Rainfall is actually supposed to be coming to via, uh, Operation Rainfall, Megaton Rainfall okay. is supposed to be coming to PSVR. Uh, you're basically like a Superman and you can fly across the world in like 15 seconds, but on your way you can, you know, fly through a building and kill thousands of people. So, <laughs> so that might be cool. Thumper is, des- it looks like it's designed to make you sick in VR though. I'm watching that going, yeah. That's gonna make you dizzy. I don't know. I'm, uh, yeah, that's that's the one. That's the one game. And I'm like, coming to VR? Yes. And there's not many or any others really, but you know, that's a start. It's a yeah. It's a start. I don't. We're waiting for the killer app for that. They've there's mm-hmm. got to be something that's gonna be the killer app. They wouldn't release it if there wasn't something. So I trust I'm them. Not, we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm not, not sure gonna buy it. Do you I'm actually trust them? No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't trust, trust him, him all that much. No, I, I, you're right. I shouldn't. <laughs> I trust a history of peripherals like this failing badly. Now, in fairness, there's never been anything like this push that we're seeing into VR this year. Well, but, and I think technology has caught up to the point where it can actually support it now, where previous attempts at this, Virtual Boy, were just mm-hmm. painful to, to behold. They just didn't look good. They weren't fun. Where now the machines in your house have the guts to actually do it. Yeah. So maybe now is the time. Maybe it's finally arrived. I don't know. Well, I think I think the PC technology has caught up to the point. Yes. I haven't really, aside from Thumper, I haven't seen anything for PSVR that I'm like, ooh, that looks like a game I'd want to play regardless of whether or not it's in VR. But I'm wondering if once you put the headset on, I would be okay with a game that looks as shitty as like that zombie taxi game. Because it is just so shockingly immersive that it is like the difference between Super Mario World and Mario 64. Like, oh my goodness, this changes everything. Maybe it is. Maybe it's okay that it all looks like crap, because when it's right there in your face and that's all you see, and you will reach out and, like, kids are... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> kids are going to sit down in chairs that don't exist and falling yeah. on the floor. Yeah. Adults are like going to put their phone on a table or something and just dropping their phone. <laughs> so we are going to see the next gen of people flinging their Wiimotes into TVs with yes. this. Yes! I'm 100% right, I look forward to that. the videos of that. Yes, like once a week we're going to see something new. Like me. a kid getting whacked in the face with a you know, move <laughs> controller or something. <laughs> That's going to be good. Every year Sony does a... Um, a spring and a summer kind of indie showcase. Um, I don't even remember what it was called last year, but this year it's called Launch Party 2016. And maybe they're just calling that because there's only one Vita game in the entire fucking lineup. <laughs> um, coming out this uh, Tuesday, March 15th, is Salt and Sanctuary on PS4. I have pre-ordered that. I am going to play that before I play Senran Kagura. I am super hyped for that. Um, it is not, it will not be available on Vita when it comes out, but it will be cross-buy with Vita. 
So the Vita version okay. is definitely coming. And now that I've pre-ordered it, I will definitely get the Vita version when it comes out. Next week on the 22nd, Day the Tentacle Remastered comes to PS4 and Vita. I'm probably going to get that too. On mm. April 5th, I just want to support Double Fine. Yeah, I, I understand that, but is, is it something you're ever actually going to play? Probably not. Don't care. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I've I got, I still I've got oh, what's that skull one that came out that was... Um, that, uh, Grim Fandango. Yeah, I, have, I mean, I downloaded it because it was free on Plus. I'm never going to play that. And if I've, I did, it would be with a walkthrough. <laughs> yeah, me too. I've got it on my Vita, still haven't touched it. But again, I just like, I love Double Fine. I love everything about them. April 5th, Enter the Gungeon for PS4, 15 I think bucks. I'm down for that. Yeah, me too. I, I think after watching some more of that, the idea that there is... There are sections of it that were planned out, and it's just the intervening areas that are procedurally generated. I think it'll be fun. Well, no, it's uh, it's like Galaxy in that um, each kind of room of the labyrinth was handmade to be yeah. a, re- a really cool room to fight and through. And they're shuffled around or something. Yes, like and those rooms are all stitched together procedurally. So, yeah, yeah. that'll be cool. Twelfth, April 12th, Stories the Path of Destinies is a really cute-looking action RPG. Um, that I think is is not kind of getting a high enough profile just because I haven't seen enough of it to give a shit about it. And I'm not sure that it's out there to find to see more of it to make me care about it, but uh, it's certainly very good looking. It's probably, unless you're talking about uh, art direction, which I would probably give to Invisible Ink, um, it's probably the best looking of, of the lineup. I, I looked at that, and I, the trailer I saw... Seem to be focusing on choices, almost like a fable-ish thing, yes. where you can do one thing. I think the example it gave was you can save your friend, or you can get this really cool demon sword. Yeah, and isn't that very black and white? Yeah, it really is. So yeah. I, I hope the actual combat's good. I need to see more of that one before I make any decision on it, because mm-hmm. it's it, it's it's definitely the outlier on this list. Yes, it's the one that's like... Could really use that leg up. Mm-hmm. Um, but on April 19th, Invisible Ink on PS4, procedurally generated stealth turn-based roguelike. Wow. Could you list more things that I don't want to play? <laughs> Could you list more things that I do? And exactly. then add, And then as a cherry on top, add the word from Clay Entertainment. Yes. Yep. Yay! <laughs> so that'll be 20 bucks. And far and away the best looking thing, just in terms of technology and graphics on the list, is Alienation on April 26th which was earlier, supposed to come out this month. But anyway, 20 bucks. Yeah. Did you watch that trailer? I did. I did. It looks really good. Wasn't that smoke at I the hope... end, just gorgeous? Oh, I know. I hope it works reasonably well single player, because everything I think I saw in there was some co-op stuff. I know. And I, I really hope that... What was that other one that came out on PlayStation 4 that was actually free recently that was much better on co-op than it was? It was you're, you're taking democracy out to the rim worlds and giving oh, it to them um, at the point uh, of a gun that was really good, but it worked much better in co-op than it did in single player. I can't hell remember the divers. name of it. Yes, Helldivers, which was supposed to be good if you've got a decent crew. But on your own, it, it didn't was work okay. as well. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was okay. I never. I kept on bugging Kayla to get it. I think it was free on Plus once. It was. And it so was. I'd, I'd love to play through it with Kayla a little bit, little bit but we just never got around to it. Because lately, whenever we want to do a co-op thing, it's Diablo 3. Okay. Well, there's, yeah, that, that game will never end for <laughs> that. I, I hope that Alienation has the same kind of score mechanic that like Resogun did. Where you kind of go oh, yeah. back to it, and you need to just do it again, and do it again, and do it again. So, I mean, it's... It's Housemark. It's Housemark. It's, that, that's guaranteed. I'm going to buy it. No problems. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to end up buying five of the six. <laughs> so, when I, when I go to pick up Senrinka Gord on Tuesday, I'm buying like $100 in PlayStation Network cards. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm definitely down for two of those. Enter the Gungeon and Alienation. Yeah. And maybe Stories. I need to be sold on that one yet, because I, I mean, a little action RPG is like that I do like, mm-hmm. because I'm always looking for the next one, but I need to know more about it. Like Deathspank. Oh, Deathspank was great. I yeah, liked Deathspank a lot. A I never, I didn't play the second one because I never got around to it. But I didn't play much of the second one. But yeah, it was the same again. It was just, it was just good stuff. Except it starts in like World War Two. Weird. It, yeah, it was really weird. Okay, uh, Valkyria Chronicles Remastered has released date. It will drop May seventeenth. So, nice. just this, this next four months just keeps getting more expensive. <laughs> there is no doldrums anymore. It just no. doesn't happen. It's just nonstop, thanks to indies. On uh, Monday, March 7th, all games beta went down. It looks like Endless, who runs the site, had no idea it was about to happen until it happened and got very emotional and kind of went on Twitter, kind of <laughs> complaining about what happened and then kind of dialed it back, uh, said that this was due to cultural and religious reasons. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, whatever that means, on the part of the guy who ran the site. Now, it was now revealed that, do you remember you would go to All Games Beta and you'd click on a trailer and it would take you to Games HQ Media on YouTube? Yeah. Games HQ Media was not endless. That was the guy who ran the site. Mm. And that's why those those trailers were always kind of low res, and then Endless would like put up a direct feed, yeah, <laughs> just to give you like the real trailer sometimes. Uh, and that is why the owner let the site continue to run because they kept on getting just a little bit of money out of YouTube from all their subscribers and all their views. Okay. So within an hour of getting this news, Endless had AllGamesDelta.net up and running and was posting uh, the news just exactly like they've always done by the same time the next day. He had that plan. He must, he or she, since we don't know, mm-hmm. must have already owned that domain, already had that site built, hosting yep. it wherever on whoever service it's running on. Mm-hmm. So he, he had that planned out, and kudos to him, because there, I mean, I went I went to the site, and I got that really weird, like, you're not authorized to view yeah. the site thing, which I'm like, what the hell's going on? Then I saw your post, I'm like, oh, okay, just change the bookmarks, we're good. Yeah, I got, I got so many views on that post. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever, whenever something happens with all games beta, I'll, I'll do a news post on it, and it is sitting at 617 unique views right now. Oh my now. god! I know. I haven't gotten that many, that many views on anything ever! Yeah. So when, <laughs> when, when, I, when I get a little scoop, <laughs> it pays off pretty good. Not that I actually ever get paid for anything I do, but... I yeah, uh, so yeah, Endless is still rocking. Uh, there was a thread on NeoGAF that basically tore into all games beta, for ripping content from other other content creators. And again, most of that, I believe, was Games HQ Media, mm-hmm. but they still do, like, the Famitsu scans and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah, like, that happens. I'm not saying it doesn't happen or that it's cool to steal someone else's content, but still, the service that Endless provides of here is just this press release from this developer that you love, or here are these high-res screenshots of this game you're curious about without any bullshit watermark on them, is very valuable to me, mm-hmm. and it's a service to gamers. I love you, Endless. Big story this week. <laughs> On Monday, it's March It's not as 7th, big as it sounds. It really isn't. N- no, but it's it's interesting, and it's a, it's a cool little moment in the game of chess between the platform holders. Yes. Uh, on Monday, March 7th, Microsoft announced the cancellation of Fable Legends, which everyone was so hyped about. Mm-hmm. And by that, yeah. we mean no one. Yep, and exactly. the closure of Lionhead Studios. Now, Lionhead Studios, you know, 15 years ago, made black and white. There's a guy in my office that I talk to about games sometimes. He still lists black and white as his all-time favorite game. It's, um, it's not a terrible choice, honestly. I, I don't think it is. I didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> 
And they also, of course, made Fable. Um, and a studio called Press Play, who made uh, Kalimba and uh, Max, The Curse of Brotherhood. Those studios are both shut down. A statement from Microsoft said, These changes are taking effect as Microsoft Studios continues to focus its investment and development on the games and franchises sizes that fans find the most exciting and want to play. Which isn't you, Fable. <laughs> no one cares about you. Now, apparently for like the betas or whatever was going on for Fable Legends, there was content that you could purchase. Oh, and, shit. And people did. But, you know, classy, Microsoft is refunding all that. Or okay, well, that's good. Yeah, they've said that There's, they will. Yeah. Uh, sources from Lionhead say they had no idea they were about to get shut down. All right, well, let's, let's, let's be fair here. If you think about Lionhead Studios, aside from Fable 2 and Black and White... Have they made anything that's that great? Nope. They haven't. This has been coming. This is not a surprise. I, I never like seeing people lose their jobs because that's cruel. But after Molyneux left, love him or hate him, that studio had nothing left. Yeah, but it blows my mind that, I don't know, it feels like if you look at their uh, at the list of games this studio has done, they've just become one of these Microsoft studios that is hammering out what Microsoft tells them to make. And regardless of what they feel passionate about. So, of course, you're going to get this conveyor belt shit. And that is kind of, uh, aside from its third-party stuff, that it just goes to an interesting studio and pays for, you know, bring below to our platform. That looks really cool. We need an indie to hold up. Ori in the Blind Forest. Mm -hmm. uh, this is what their internal studios do. They hammer out bullshit Connect games because Microsoft is cracking the whip at their back. Yeah, but it's that's how the business works, and I'm yeah. not going to defend it. It's just it's it's that's what it is. I mean, Microsoft shutting down studios quickly for no reason has happened before. That's yes. what happened to Phantom Dust. Yes, and that thing, and that was that was a little bit of bullshit on both sides. I mean, press play going away. I didn't know what else they were working on. I didn't play Kalimba. I did play Max: The Curse of Brotherhood, and it was an okay platformer. I mean, there wasn't anything special about it. It was. Okay, I bet you didn't sell very well, so... Well, but, but Lionhead well, Dying is not a surprise. Yeah, but Lionhead Dying is like um, is like Activision shutting down Sierra. It's, no, Sierra put out bigger stuff. Again, Lionhead has got two big games and a lot of... Eh. It, it Sierra had a lot of big matter. stuff. It doesn't matter. What matters is the feeling that is evoked in my friend at work when you say the words black and white. These are the people, this is like, it's his Disney. It's some, this is some people's Disney. And, uh, the, this evil corporation has crushed it. And I'm not saying that, you know, they've put out anything worth playing in the past, you know, five, ten years, because no, they actually haven't. But symbolically, as something you read quickly on a headline, Microsoft closes down Lionhead. There are people who are going to be pissed off about that. And jumping on that sentiment. <laughs> Within two days, Sony stepped out, and they announced a recruitment event for Lionhead staff to take place at the follow on the following Monday. Sony then declared they had to leave because they had a volunteer shift coming up at a soup kitchen before they could make good their exit. They accidentally dropped a photograph of an Xbox One kicking a puppy while cheating on its wife. The puppy so, was cheating on its wife? What? No, the no. Xbox One was <laughs> cheating on its wife while kicking a puppy. It's That's very Spanish. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so uh, Sony knows that this kind of makes Microsoft look like assholes, and they're using it to make themselves look cool. Yeah, and they're they're going to get nobody out of that because that studio wasn't doing anything worthwhile. So yeah, but you don't need to take these people and say we're going to give you a studio because you guys are obviously hit makers. They'll say, you know what? I need a programmer at uh, you know this studio in London. Yeah. 
And so you guys can stay near your families and so on and so forth. And as long as they get two people from Lionhead to say, wow, Sony has sure been great. That's all they need. They, they just need that, that Playing politics. Now, yeah. That yeah. those people in suits looking at the camera, shaking hands. We're the good guys. It's, they it's, got Kojima already. What more good guys do they need? Oh, you can you can never have too much. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's. Uh, I, I, okay, I, I I don't mean to speak ill of people losing their jobs, but it's just I I cannot shed a tear for a studio that has made nothing I wanted to play in a long time. I'm trying to think of a Sony studio they could shut down that I wouldn't give a shit about. Oh, the guys who make um, Gran Turismo. Oh, Polyphony Digital. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I wouldn't miss them because Gran Turismo as a racing game has been surpassed in every possible way by Forza. Yeah. So, yeah, they can go away and I wouldn't miss them. Once upon a time, it was important, much like Fable and Black and White. Well, and, and it's actually a very good comparison because Fable never really evolved in any way. Now that it Gran yeah. Turismo, yeah. Forza changed the racing game, Turn 10 are geniuses, they did this, and Digital, I'm sorry, Polyphony Digital never adapted. They never saw where it, racing games were going and did anything about it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely fair and true. Um, Friday, March 11th, uh, Techland, who makes Dead Island, of course, and Dying Light, uh, confirmed that Hell Raid is still coming. Uh, last year, we were just told that it was on hiatus, which most of us took to mean it's dead. But no, uh, uh, quote from the studio, it's Come quite far in some places. We put it on hold because we have bigger plans for the game, but it's not cancelled. Uh, so Hell Raid is basically dying light, but in fantasy times with, like, you know, skeletal soldiers <laughs> fighting you. Hmm. And yeah, I'm down for that. I'd play that, yeah. <laughs> I'd totally play that. And uh, just a little snippet uh, today. GDC is going to be next week, and Obsidian Entertainment are going to announce a game with Paradox Interactive. Uh, Paradox is uh, the publisher publishing arm of uh, their own kind of game development studio. They do Crusader Kings and Obsidian, of course, made Fallout New Vegas, South Park, The Stick of Truth, um, Star Wars, uh, uh, The Old the old Republic? Knights of the Old Knights Republic. Knights of the Old Republic 2. And yep. um, oh, what's that? What's that spy game that Alex loves so much? Alpha Protocol. Oh, Alpha Protocol, yes. Yeah, Alpha Protocol. One of the most flawed, perfect games. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, Ever like, made. whatever Obsidian does is worth keeping an eye on. And that's, uh, yeah. yeah. Obsidian, <laughs> speaking of flawed perfect games, yeah, yeah, Obsidian makes a lot of stuff that's like, oh, it's so close. It's so close. Although so, Star, South, Park. South Park Stick of Truth was brilliant from beginning to end. But it was I don't all, even like South Park that much anymore. It was also the least ambitious game the studio had ever done. Like, usually they're very much about pushing boundaries, and this was just them just kind of getting it right. And not pushing themselves too far. Well, they didn't have to push the gameplay boundaries because you had Matt and yeah. Trey setting up a man's rectum. <laughs> That's pretty border border pushing right there. <laughs> was... Do you remember? Do you remember the combat where you had to dodge your dad's balls? As they oh God! Yes, I do. So I wish I don't. <laughs> And, the, and at the at the end, where they're like, "Hmm, who do we know who can shrink and disarm a nuclear bomb? Uh, <laughs> Is there anyone oh, like Jesus that Christ. here?" Yeah, <laughs> I want to uh, go play uh, it again now. Oh no, I God, I, I, the the parts of that game that they didn't they were actually actually taken out of the what the Australian release or something like that. Well, they oh, actually yeah. put up placards on there saying, well, because of where you live, you can't see this. But what is happening is... He is oh. getting screwed in the ass with yeah. an alien thing. Ah, yeah, it was anal probe. Yep. Yeah. yeah, no, that was... 
uh, th- th- talk about a game that uh, some pe- I would almost sooner have people walking in on me playing Dead or Alive than playing parts of that game. <laughs> yeah, my friend who uh, my friend who loves black and white, he was playing South Park, and his wife walked into the room. Oh God! And during that scene on the alien ship, no. and she's like, "What are you playing?" <laughs> he goes, "It's South Park." She goes, "The window, the the blinds are open, the neighbors could see." And he's like, "So what? I don't care." She's like, "You." You are turning that off right now. <laughs> that could be a topic for another day. Is of, of things that you're embarrassed to be seen playing. I mean, I do remember th- thinking back. You, you have no shame. You can play whatever. No, that is true. Uh, I, I remember back when Mortal Kombat Nine was a thing, and we've talked about how the, the costumes of Mortal Kombat Nine oh, were offensive. Yeah. They were terrible. They were dead or alive costumes. And I, all my gaming stuff is in the basement. So I'm here, sitting here playing as Katana, probably, who's wearing like a scrap of clothing and a breath. I mean, it was bad. And she's also covered with blood because I'm in the practice room knocking something out. So she's nearly naked and covered with blood, like right out of Carrie the porn. Um, and I hear boom, 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 coming down the stairs, and it's my wife. And I stop her before she comes around the corner. I'm like, listen, you don't want to come over here. You will be offended. And not a word is spoken. I hear she turns on her heel, and I hear boom, 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 going back up the stairs. <laughs> and I know that I had avoided one embarrassing situation by causing another one, so... <clears throat> I don't need to do that anymore, thankfully. Although, if she walked down when I'm playing Street Fighter Five and Laura was on the screen, I would probably have some splaining to do. Yeah, no, I've I've been mm. very I've been very open with Kayla about my media consumption, and, <laughs> and I, I find it really I don't know it's really nice. Just like just like it's nice that you know we can write a blog and people will read it, and we can record this and people will listen to it. It's really heartwarming when you open up yourself and say, "Yes, I do like this thing." That people will be freaking out over for some reason or another. (laughs) And they go, that's okay. I love you, man. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm lucky when I get her downstairs to play rock band once in a while. So there's, there's a little bit of a link there. I own so much Def Leppard, it's not funny and it's none of it's for me. It's for her. So (laughs) (laughs) I have all the hair metal ever for rock band, Bon Jovi, Def Leppard. It's almost embarrassing, but all the no doubt is mine. I claim that. So anyway, I like No Doubt. I like old No Doubt. The new stuff's no good. All and right. That's the news. Yeah, and I, I think we've about used up our allotted time. I agree. We will save something for next week. So, all right. Thanks for talking. My pleasure. Everybody, thank you for listening. Always. We will see you again in a week. Bye.